0: Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guests are Cesar Melgoza, who is president of Geoscape International, Inc., and David J. Perez, who is chief executive officer of Latin Force, LLC. Today we will discuss the changing Latino landscape. In 1995, Cesar formed Geoscape International to focus on the application of marketing intelligence services data, and technology towards the multicultural and multinational markets. He has led growth at Geoscape by developing products and services that provide geodemographic, marketing, and media data, highly predictive database modeling, and information enhancement systems. Most recently, he launched the Geoscape Intelligence System, or GIS, and the Direct Target System for Database Enrichment. Cesar's career is a blend of information technology and market research. While completing his undergraduate degree at the University of California at Santa Barbara, he helped build computer software for Information Magnetics Corp. While earning his master's degree at the University of Texas at Austin, Cesar was a research associate at one of the first Hispanic market research companies and also at the University's Center for Mexican-American Studies. His master's professional report, published in 1986 and entitled Hispanics and the New Economy, utilized advanced statistical research techniques and was awarded special recognition by the university. In the late 1980s, he developed and led desktop mapping and workgroup computing initiatives at Apple Computer in Cupertino, California. He went on to lead marketing and international business development at venture-funded Strategic Mapping, Inc., where he was instrumental in achieving annual revenue growth from 2 million to 35 million in four years. Born in Michoacán, Mexico, Cesar grew up in California and has been a resident of various rural and urban population centers in the United States. David has worked with Kraft Foods, ING, MTV, Nike, Colgate Palmolive, the National Football League, Neiman Marcus, Nickelodeon Networks, Cranium virgin mobile and wells fargo among others before starting latin force david was president and co-founder of lumina americas a hispanic and latin american integrated marketing company financed with 25 million dollars of institutional private equity he is a former chairman of the cultural access group a leading multicultural market research firm since 1986 David is co-founder of the New Generation Latino Consortium, a nonprofit industry advocacy group, and founder of Silver Lining, a nonprofit internet-based community for families of terminally ill children. Cesar and David, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. It's good to be here with you, Elena.
0: Welcome back, Cesar. This is your second podcast.
1: Yes, exactly. It's great to be here with you.
0: Please. Bring us up to speed. I know that there have been a lot of changes even though it's been a short time. Would you give us sort of a snapshot of what is going on in the Latino marketplace at the national level?
1: Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Well, all of your listeners really can see and feel and perhaps taste the changes in the uh, Latino landscape. We've seen those we've seen those occur before our eyes in our own lifetimes. And we see it in the politics, we hear it in the music, we taste it in the food. But the numbers are very compelling. There're presently about 45.3 million Hispanics in America. And this does not include the transient part of the immigrant population. So 45.3 million about Fifty percent of the growth in America is because of Hispanic population growth. About fifteen percent of the overall population is of Hispanic origin, and that's not including about four million Hispanics who live in Puerto Rico. So the trend is strong, and it's continuing. In fact, when you compare Hispanics to Asians and African Americans, Hispanics are not only more numerous, but are still growing at a faster rate than either of those groups. Now, that's something that we are proud of in many ways, and sometimes it's because of unfortunate circumstances in Latin America, economic and political issues that keep the pressure up for Hispanics to move northward. And certainly there are issues there that is a completely separate topic, but because of the continuation of these types of issues, we have a constant immigrant flow. And because of certain cultural practices and values, perhaps, we also have a significant natural population increase that has now become even more important of a contributor to the growth in the Hispanic population. So if we look at it in in some specific terms, since 2007, more than 10 million Hispanics have joined us in America. That's about a 29% growth during that period. Uh, As I said earlier, 50% of the overall population growth. And if we put it just in a little bit better perspective, each year from 2007 to 2012, Over 1.2 million Hispanics will join our country in America. That is a large city. It's a good-sized city. That's about the size of San Antonio or the greater San Antonio area every year. Over 101,000 Hispanics per month, over 3,000 per day, over 139 per hour. So that is a significant change in the population. If you look at the cultural differences overall, including African-Americans and Asians, there are 305 counties in America where the minority, so to speak, is the majority. So you have large counties, such as Miami-Dade, such as several counties in the New York metro area, such as Los Angeles, such as Dallas, Houston and many of the largest cities in the country are now majority minorities, So it brings a new meaning to that particular term. And whereas Hispanics were really a phenomenon of the southwestern United States as recently as 1970, we have seen the Hispanic population grow tremendously outside of the traditional southwest, growing tremendously in the southeast and in many other parts of the country in a very dramatic fashion. So what marketers really need to know is not, we all understand the population has grown very fast, what we need to understand is how to market products and services more effectively to Hispanics in the right language, in the right cultural context, and in the right consumer context. So the data that we provide at Geoscape helps take action on some of these compelling trends that we see. And we have various methods for doing so that are uh, essentially embedded with technology and analytics. And the deliverables are oftentimes a digital type of product, as well as a service that is very consultative in nature. So that is essentially the changing Latino landscape. And there are many other things that we'd love to be able to tell you about. Uh, We'd love to invite you to uh, events that we have, including the Multicultural Marketing Summit in October or inquiries into the web and various other mechanisms for finding out more how to tie the potential into real opportunities that corporations have to both better serve the Hispanic population as well as to capitalize on the opportunities that there are to uh, serve Latinos in a better fashion, in a more in culture fashion, if you will.
2: You know, if I might add, the um, to pick up on what Cesar was was uh, describing. You know, the the demographic changes of Latinos in the United States also have tremendous implications um, on on the culture of our country, uh, public policy, society, education, and the political landscape. Um, you know, in addition. Uh, If you look at the composition of Latino populations and their rising purchasing power, and Latinos do have the fastest-growing purchasing power of any ethnic group in America, you see that Latinos are younger and are are earlier in their life stage. So for companies that are looking to reach young, growing households, those that are selling mortgages, uh, dishwashers, washing machines, flat-screen televisions, um, clothing, you name it, let, young Latinos are the emerging middle class of America today and the engine of economic growth. And it really comes down to a simple fact that those companies that wish to remain competitive today and in the future must have a sound, well thought out Latino uh, business strategy.
0: I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because too often I hear senior level middle to senior level executives who are making decisions on behalf of their large corporations or even their own companies that they own, and they feel that there is no need to look closely at the emerging markets or minority markets, as they've been called for years, that these markets are going to or have already become a part of the mainstream That they can be reached in language, meaning in English, uh, rather than in language in Spanish, and that they don't have a lot of money. And I'm hearing you say, absolutely not. This is part of the future. Would one or both of you care to comment on that?
2: Sure, I'll I'll take the first crack at it. The um, you know that's often a you know it, it is shocking that in 2007, this is still a common misperception. Among very high high-level corporate executives, um, I think it comes down to a lack of knowledge, you know, of really what's moving uh, the marketplace, and to be honest, also some fear about the topic of, of talking about reaching a particular ethnic audience. Um, you know, the, our our company is language agnostic and we're media agnostic, so we work with um, segments that are everywhere from Spanish-dominant to English-dominant and bilingual. So um, I think it's often shorthand for people to look at assessing the opportunity through a prism of language, where language is not the sole-definer, it's really about a broader cultural context. So for someone like myself, who's second-generation, Bolivian-American, I speak English first and Spanish second, most of the media I consume is English language, yet soy Latino. I have a cultural context which is, is more Latino. And in the world in which we exist today, in which there are just a plethora of advertising messages and marketing messages going out from companies looking to distinguish themselves from their competitors, being able to focus in on something like a cultural context is is a differentiator that advertisers and marketers can connect with. In addition, culture really um, does impact certain per, uh, behaviors around purchasing and product usage and and dealing with uh, providers of services i can think of examples in, in the healthcare arena financial services as two that uh, two examples that bring a cultural context that you need to understand as a marketer if you're going to successfully work with this population and again You could put ads in Spanish, but if you don't understand the culture and deliver a consumer experience,
1: isn't sufficient when you reveal some of those numbers to uh, these folks they have no choice but to pay attention so the numbers are huge it's our job to really sensitize them to this many I would say most uh, people in corporations have an understanding that it is compelling and important Uh, the problem is sometimes that they do not have it at, at a priority level sufficient to the opportunity, and that's really where the issue comes in.
2: Right, and and, and where, again, it's um, to, to that point, it's helping, and part of the job that we have is to help senior executives of companies quantify the opportunity that the Hispanic market presents. We look at, really, um, the, the Hispanic market as a business opportunity, not an advertising opportunity, per se. Advertising is a tactic far down the road, but if you view it as a business opportunity and look to make the business case, one of the first questions you ask is, "What? how big is the potential for my particular industry, my particular company? Where am I today with this market? Where could I go? What are my competitors doing? That's the place to, to begin the inquiry um, into the Hispanic consumer. Also, you know, many businesses in the United States, most are local to regional type businesses. Whether you're a retailer, you're, you're very localized and that retailer may be selling consumer electronics or you may be a grocer, um, an, an auto um, a dealer, all these are local local businesses. So you really have to drill down into the local demographics of a particular region. And If you're looking along, say, the Mexico-Texas border, you're looking at, at, at towns and cities that are 70% plus Hispanic. Just, Latinos are the general market in those areas. They should not be treated as a niche because... Your, your consumers, by and large, are Latino. So those companies that have been successful in reaching Latino consumers have tailored their communications, their marketing, their retail experience, and their product mix to meet the needs of this particular consumer.
0: said, would you go over the buying power numbers again? And if you have a breakdown of the affluent segment, would you share some details on that?
1: All right. So, so one of the things that many people are surprised from is things as simple as over one-third of Hispanic households earn more than $50,000 per year. 50000 is a pretty good number in most places. It's, it reflects a level of buying power. So many people are surprised by that. Over two-thirds of Hispanic households earn $25,000 a year or more. And so if we talk about aggregate incomes, $630 billion after all is quite a bit of money. And so there's different ways of looking at that data and different ways of slicing it, certainly more than is uh, something we could cover easily in this particular dialogue. But we have, for example, matrices where you can segment the the or Hispanicity, as we call it, and we have different levels of Hispanicity tied to socioeconomic strata. So you can look at the A, B, C, D, and E, which are socioeconomic strata, where A is the highest and E is the lowest, and you could cross that by acculturation levels. And once again, this is something that varies from, from place to place around the country so that you will have different proportions of, let's just say, uh, unacculturated Latinos who are in the A and B segments, depending on where you go. In certain places, those would tend to be less acculturated. In Miami, you have a fair number of unacculturated Latinos who also have a significant buying power. And these are mostly people who have immigrated recently or have immigrated for different purposes, uh, oftentimes for political reasons. So there is uh, quite a number of ways of looking at this data and it really depends on how you want to apply it for your particular business.
0: What is the source of the information? Obviously, there's much more to the information you've shared with us than just raw census data. Would you tell us a little bit about how you come about these numbers and what their significance is in terms of building a business plan around them?
1: Absolutely. Now, the, the, the data I've been citing is from a product called American Marketscape Data Stream. It's what we call a geodemographic information product. Essentially, it was built using dozens of sources of information of different types. Certainly, the census forms a very important part of what we do. However, we understand that the census has limitations in terms of the reaching all the people that need to be reached and enumerated. So we've included different sources of information, such as building permit data, such as U.S. Postal Service delivery point data, such as direct marketing lists that identify Hispanics and people by every country of origin and code them at a geographic level so that we can tie them into small areas like block groups and census tracts and zip codes. And many other techniques as well as primary research to validate some of these results so that you have a more clear and more in-depth picture of Hispanics throughout America at different levels of geography and across different dimensions of attributes such as language, such as acculturation, such as socioeconomic strata, and many other things of that nature. We also have a spending database. Called consumer spending dynamics. And so there are many other databases and techniques for using that information that are unique, that bring new things to the party for those who need more current, more accurate, more in depth data to market to Hispanics in this country.
0: What kind of freshness are we looking at, as they said, when you talk about all of these different sources of information? and you combine them in terms of the overall picture that you get, is this something that's, say, six months or a year old, or is it refreshed more often?
1: The database that I was referring to is American Marketscape Data Stream. It is updated twice per year. The most current release is the mid-year 2007 release, and that database incorporates uh, lots of uh, inputs, that come out at different points uh, in time for example one of our data feeds is quarterly uh... the household level data is quarterly we also have uh... the american community survey that is an ongoing survey from the census that is incorporated as well as the current population survey uh... we also have information that is at different intervals about uh, postal service uh, address changes about um uh, the uh, building permits and the building activity that's going on and many other inputs like that, as well as spontaneous efforts based on primary research and validation studies that we do on behalf of our clients that we also incorporate to fine-tune the estimates. So there are multiple inputs on an annual basis that are changing. We publish them twice per year. Our 2008 series will be published in the fall of this year. So it's a planning product, so that you can use it in the fall of 2007 to plan for 2008 as well as forecast forward, in this case, to 2013.
0: Just to clarify, that number that you shared with us when we first started the conversation, the 45.3 million Latinos, that is not including undocumented immigrants. Is that right?
1: It is. It does include the... The portion of undocumented immigrants who are stable residents of this country. It does not include those we consider to be transient in nature. And if you look at it more specifically, of the 445.3 million Hispanics, about 7.7 million of those are of a, let's just say, questionable legal status. And so the balance which are over 3 million would be considered transient and coming back and forth, so not necessarily counted as residents. So the 45.3 does include illegals. Uh, they're just the those who are here on a regular basis.
0: So they just don't have their documents sorted, but for purposes of marketing and business plan development, they are part and parcel of the Latino market.
1: Absolutely. You know, there was one... There's lots of stories to tell. I'll tell you one from last Wednesday evening when I was waiting for my taxi in a suburban Chicago neighborhood and uh, waiting for the taxi, having a beer, and I struck up a conversation with one of the employees of the restaurant who happened to be uh, of Mexican descent from a place called Pachuca. And he had been in this country for 17 years. He's certainly undocumented. He's supporting his family. He's uh, remitting money regularly to his family back home. And he has not visited home in 17 years because he's afraid he won't be able to get back. And he just has no other way of guaranteeing his his family, its livelihood, unless he stays here focused on his work. So uh, this is an example of someone who is a stable resident of this country clearly you know, gainfully employed but nonetheless uh, not a legal resident of this country and there are many other examples M- few of them are, are that extreme but uh, we have many others who are certainly residents of this country perhaps without all the proper paperwork in order
0: say said to go back to the data source that that we started out with, what kind of access is available? I know that there's a subscription service. Um, so for those of our listeners who are interested in getting more detailed information, um, either whether, whether it's proprietary research or just accessing some of the information that you've shared with us in greater depth, what kind of options are available to them?
1: Absolutely. There is one resource that is extremely fast to access, And at the right price, which is $0, and that is um, our summary report, the executive summary report for the American Marketscape Data Stream, you can get it in a PDF file, and you can download it from our website, and it's at uh, www.geoscape.com. You can get a PDF. It's actually about 70 pages long, lots of great facts and figures. Feel free to distribute that two colleagues. It's got all the, uh, the top 10 multicultural DMAs with a summary of the population and lots of great facts and figures. Uh, in addition, we have many other uh, products and services. Among them is a online interactive application for marketers who need to get more intelligent about the Hispanic opportunity as well as any other segment that you happen to be looking for. It has seven different modules in it. It's called the Geoscape Intelligence System it's subscription-based there are hundreds of corporations around the country that are using this thousands of users who interact with this data every day to understand population trends to plot their retail outlets develop trade areas to look at media behavior to look at uh, to enrich their databases to get direct marketing lists for both consumers and businesses and a whole host of other things that is the other rapid access to the information. We also provide the information in a la carte database products and uh, slice it up just the way you need it for certain project that you may require. And there's also services that incorporate data technology and analytics and consulting so that we address a very specific set of issues that you may be confronted with.
0: Would you give us an idea of cost? I know that's always very relevant relative, rather, to client needs. But beyond the PDF that you shared, but beyond that, if somebody is interested in getting specific work related to their product or service or maybe accessing the subscriber-based database, can you give us an idea of the kinds of costs that we'd be talking about?
1: Absolutely. Um, There is quite a range and uh, the pricing system that we put in place actually makes it accessible because it is based on a sliding scale. We understand that many companies out there, uh, not all companies are large companies with large budgets, but we also understand that the larger companies gain more value from the data. So we have a pricing system that incorporates that type of logic. So the starting point to access the online system is as little as $1,000 per year and that would be just for a starter set uh, that would include access to all the modules that are paid by use as well as state level geodemographic data and that would be for the smallest company, that would be a company that's under a million dollars and it could range to $150,000 per year for a large corporation that has full access to detailed files on different subjects. With the ability to do lots of different types of analyses
0: so there really is a
1: range and what we prefer to do is speak with each um, person uh, with respect to their requirements and uh, to tailor a, a subscription that is appropriate for their needs as well as for
0: their budget and so for those in our audience who are small business owners or maybe part of a large company but with a small budget there are options that will give them access to some of this current information, um, whether it's the, I think you said once a quarter or twice a year updates that they can use to build their plans on.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's always, um, you know, we get creative, we figure out a solution. You may, you may uh, look at what we have and say, wow, that's a, a heck of a deal and a great price and you may say, well, that's more than I can afford. But we can, uh, we can look at it and figure out what we can configure that is appropriate for your needs at any given time and within the budget that you're looking for.
0: I'm sure some of the listeners in our audience who are with nonprofits will also be happy to hear about that. I have heard on another subject, but um, related, that there is some very interesting news in terms of geoscape involving both David, and Latin Force, and Geoscape. Would one of you care to tell us about that?
1: I'll start, sure. and I'll, I'd like Go David ahead. to continue. Um, we're we're uh, Geoscape has been doing what we do for over a decade. Uh, we've worked very hard to build very differentiated products for the marketplace, very data-driven and very technology-driven with analytic services And there comes a time when you need to shift into another gear, and I have been looking to shift gears for some time now, and I happened upon getting reacquainted with David recently, who told me about a very interesting endeavor that he had put together with Goldman Sachs, and things have just proceeded very rapidly ever since that first conversation. So I would like David to just elaborate on the whole story.
2: Sure, sure. Um, you know, Latin Force uh, is a company that's a little, little bit different than, than Geoscape in that we focus on on creating a strategic business plans for for our clients. And um, I I went out about six, seven months ago and uh, created a partnership with Goldman Sachs Urban Investment Group to help me build and finance a. Um, full-service, integrated Hispanic marketing services company based on the foundation of starting first with strategy. And um, as as really the the first step in that, it made tremendous sense to bring um, the data, data analytics and the services that Geoscape has together with the consulting services of Latin Force to lay a very solid foundation to building out these further uh, services in the marketing services space. So we're very proud to announce that as of June 1st, um, Latin Force and Geoscape International have merged their companies together. So we are now one, and we are offering clients um, a full suite of um, strategy uh, consulting with all the data and data analytics, and uh, we're going to to operate under the brand of Latin Force and continue to use the product brand names uh, that Geoscape has in terms of the uh,
0: David, just so that we all follow what this means, did I understand correctly that the new merged company is going to be called Latin Force? That's correct. So yes, now. We're
2: going to operate under one brand and then continue again with the Geoscape product brand. Those brand names will continue to be out in the marketplace. You'll be able to find all of our combined information at latinforce.net
0: so the latin force will be sort of the umbrella organization encompassing all of the former latin force services plus the geoscape services
2: correct yeah the kind of the formal name will be the latin force latin force group llc
0: and cool. if you would perhaps illustrate how you would interact with a with a company what kinds of companies would benefit from The services from this merged company.
2: Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to Um, give an example uh, without revealing a specific company, but um, call it a national um, retailer. uh, You know, came to us recently and said basically, you know, we've been we've been dabbling in the Hispanic market. We've done some Spanish language advertising, and um, you know, we've achieved some success in terms of from an advertising perspective. But as a company, we're looking to grow. Our business quite dramatically across the board. In fact, we're looking to grow our double our business in the next five years, and that we know. And if we, we're not successful with in, with engaging Hispanic consumers and getting them to come to our store and buy our product, we will not achieve our corporate goals overall. So we've come in and helped them um, in a stepped process to mainstream, if you will, Hispanic marketing and the Hispanic business as a part of their mainstream business thinking within the company. So to take it from being a marketing or advertising silo off to the side to bake it into all their business planning and and business activities. And what we were able to do was combine all the data and data analysis that Geoscape is expert at and then wrap it in the context of a now what? meaning the consulting side. So to say, okay, here's all the data, here's all the information. Now, this is what you need to do from a business strategy perspective to take this forward and bring it to market. So it, it, it's, it's being given, were we able to give them the roadmap or go-to-market plan, as we call it, to be able to take them from, from where they are today in, in the Hispanic market. And we're looking at retail locations, um, merchandise mix. Uh, customer experience in and outside of the store, and then their marketing and advertising activities, and to really take that and turbocharge it to be able to help them penetrate the Hispanic market and, and actually penetrate their own business more deeply with the understanding of this strategy holistically.
0: What, if any, impact is the merger going to have on the current subscribers of services specifically from Geoscape because of course there may be some people who are competing with the Latin Force services if if I understand correctly how this works are they still going to be able to purchase information and access the database that Latin Force offers um, well now Latin Force but formerly Geoscape or is this going to be restricted to new Latin Force customers.
2: No, we're going to continue to offer those services. We don't, uh, pardon me, we're going to continue to offer those services to all the clients that Geoscape has. Um, We are, um, including um, various advertising agencies, we are not a competitor to ad agencies at all. In fact, we're, um, you know, we we can be a very strong partner to them. And what what this merger represents to existing Geoscape clients is a, is a tremendous opportunity to expand and enhance the work they're already doing and to be able to bring a, um, a strategy component to the work that they're doing and complement uh, what their subscri- subscriptions uh, represent today.
1: Absolutely. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, this is an augmentation of what we're doing. We, Latin Force and Geoscape have been partners. Uh, We do things that are complementary to one another. Our customers will not only feel at home with the new relationship, but they should be excited because there are many new services uh, that go well into the strategy and the business planning and the go-to-market side of things, as well as there's lots of things to look forward to in the future. What you're seeing now with the merger of Latin Force and Geoscape is a foundation for growth. And what we're going to do is build upon that in very systematic ways along with partners such as agencies, such as consultants, that we'll also work with in growing the opportunity together.
0: David, would you tell us a little bit more, um, because we've been focusing on Geoscape from the beginning, so maybe you would care to share a little bit more about Latin Force, the, the part of Latin Force that isn't Geoscape and the goldman sachs urban investment group sure
2: yeah the services um for, for land force that i've built up over the years have been focused on on really business strategy and marketing strategy and um, we've done work with um, uh, clients, uh... such as the national football league ing uh... wells fargo bank um, Nickelodeon Networks, MTV, Kraft Foods, and and others, and uh, where our niche really has been has been, again, um, defining the business opportunity and developing a go-to-market plan for clients and being able to actually execute um, that go-to-market plan as well. So that's been the focus of our work, and as as, as, uh, Cesar mentioned, uh, we have been a partner with Geoscape and, and utilized Geoscape data in the past, and that led to our familiarity uh, with um, with Cesar and his business, um, about a year a year and a half ago, I began looking at um, opportunities in the Hispanic marketing space because I also come from a um, finance background, and what I saw was that, well, the, the, the you know the Hispanic marketing companies that that constitute our industry are just by and large small businesses, uh, with, with in, independent independently owned entrepreneur owned, a um, a disaggregated market. With no real clear leader in the space, there's consolidation really hasn't hit the industry uh, where it has in, in uh, across you know the marketing services world overall. So as I was looking um, at the growing sophistication of the market, the growing uh, customer needs or client needs out in the space, uh, it really argues for a full service, fully integrated um, firm that can deliver uh, services. To the Fortune 1000 at the highest level of, of sophistication and professionalism. So, as I started to do that, and I've been in the industry since 1999, you know, it's a small industry, and I know quite a number of the owners of companies. I started to talk about my vision for creating that integrated company and providing those types of national services, uh, again, from the point of view of having the right information, the data and being able to quantify the market and, and be able to position ROI to these companies. So uh, then I began talking to the finance world, and private equity investors have, have uh, raised, a, uh, at my last count, over $2 billion of money specifically targeted to making Hispanic-type investments. So the challenge there is, what do you invest in? And um, I've had a relationship with Goldman Sachs going back about four years, and when I told them what I was doing they were, were very interested and we began a, um, a long courtship um, negotiation process where we ended up in, uh, with them saying listen we want to invest with you David to build out this company provide the fin- financing that's necessary to it and the financial expertise we Goldman Sachs believe in the growth of the Hispanic market we see that there's tremendous business opportunity the challenge has been how do you tap into that? And uh, so they came in very early on uh, as a backer of, of the plan that I put together. And uh, the first company that I brought to the table was Geoscape. I'd known Cesar for years, always respected him as a person in this business, and see that he had seen that he had built a very successful business, and that the data that Geoscape has and the, the consulting strategy work that Latin Forest has was a natural fit. Begin with so that was where we started. We had our first conversations in uh, mid December of 2006, and uh, began that process. And uh, we closed the uh, the transaction on June the first, 2007.
0: What is the structure of the new Latin Force? Are you each going to be leading your own areas? Are you sharing leadership of the overall organization?
2: Yes, we're, it's a true partnership between Cetad and I. Um, we are, um, you know, we both, you know, divvied up responsibilities. Uh, we are, you know, both, you know, leading the company uh, together. Uh, Cesar is, um, you know, more more focused on uh, sort of the uh, the day-to-day operations, uh, managing the sales force. We're actively uh, hiring a number of people in the sales area and the consulting area and in the finance area. Um I, I will continue to be involved with that, but a little bit less so than Cesar. Um, we're going to take the next several months to fully integrate and build up our operation before we uh, start looking for future acquisitions. That will be the bulk of my responsibility moving forward, will for be identifying and bringing in other acquisition candidates. Um, we've, I've already talked to probably close to 20 different companies that have an interest in being a part of what we're doing. And um, I'll tell you the most important. Consideration as we look forward is, is fit is really a cultural fit with uh, what Cetaur and I have put together, and we look you know for like-minded people, both like-minded from a, um, a cultural perspective, from a, a work perspective, and where their businesses are that they fit in, and uh, when that all fits, then we're able to integrate uh, another company in, and we're probably looking towards the.
0: sounds like there are a lot of exciting things in the future for you. Congratulations.
2: Well, thank you very much. Yes, it is very exciting, and um, we think the timing is right in the marketplace. Clients are ready to take their initiatives to the next level, and the entrepreneurs on the side that uh, we work on are all ready to take their businesses to the next level. And, um, you know, to have the Goldman Sachs backing and uh, validation um, on our side is a tremendous uh, tremendous help as well.
1: second that, David, I would say that uh, it really feels great to have this partnership with Latin Force, with David Bettis, and with Goldman Sachs making available to us the kind of capital resources and additional intellectual capital to help us build this company going forward. It is truly, I would think, an exemplary uh, endeavor. And uh, I would just say look forward to a lot of additional exciting news on into the future.
0: Well, well, we're going to take you up on that and look forward to having you both uh, back in a few months to tell us uh, what the new updates are. Thank you, Cesar and David, for joining us today from Miami and New York City and to our audience Thank you for listening to Cesar Melgoza, who is president of Geoscape International, and David J. Perez, who is chief executive officer of Latin Force, LLC, who discussed the changing Latino landscape and the merger of Latin Force, LLC, and Geoscape into the new Latin Force, brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicMPR.com. That's editor at com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, including a presentation by César Melgosa, who is President and Managing Director of Latin Force, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.